Yeah, it can hurt. Uh, it can hurt, babe. It can hurt. To have that going on. Yes. Alana J-Lo. Yes. I went to bed last night. Uh-huh. We, we went to bed last night. And what was it, around midnight? Uh... No, we went to bed earlier than that. It was like, no, it was after 11. Okay. We go to sleep. I wake up at around 6 this morning. Mm -hmm. And I turn my head to the left. I just feel this incredible pain. Mm -hmm. So I get up, I move around a little bit. You're still resting really, really well. I was, I was, I, I, I was really, really tired. I walked outside for a minute. I go in the bathroom just to put some aloe on it. I come back in. And I'm still just like hurting. And I kept falling up asleep and waking up. It's another idea. I should put some mellow on there and just kind of try to rub it in there. Yeah. Irregardless of that, around 10 you got up. You, uh, Dr. J-Lo, <laughs> you put on your doctor's hat. And uh, you think it might be a pinched nerve. It's possible. It, or it just, you could have just been sleeping in weird positions. Because I do that. you admit that you do move around a lot. Yes. And I don't think that's good. I mean... Try at least try to keep it down to a minimum, but I am asleep, babe. I am unconscious at the time. I understand that, but I've had ha I've had that those things happen where uh, my back was turned a weird way, and I either pinched a nerve or one of my uh, things were you know out of alignment. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, vertebrae? Vertebrae or whatever it is. I don't know what I don't know what 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 that means um, or exactly how to explain it, but. When you get like a crick in your neck or um, a crick in your shoulder um, or a, or your back or something, it's probably nothing too serious. But I think it just needs to be um, stretched out. And yeah, and of course I started freaking out at around six this morning, which you you were too busy snoring. <coughs> Sorry, babes. I felt protected, but I thought. How do you know that? The, the, how do I know it? Uh, never that mind. You were busy snoring. No, why do you have to say that? Sorry. Oh we're my goodness. Sorry. sorry, sorry, I made that up. A little bit of humor. We'll get to that later on. Oh, oh. Not on this podcast. Okay, anyways, I made that up. But uh, I was like thinking, oh, what if I'm dying of cancer and I go in and this is like, you know, uh, I, I get neck cancer uh, and, and it's too late and, and they, they operate and I die on the table. Mm. Of course, because this is where my mind goes. Yeah. But it might just be a pinched nerve. Let's let's hope it's that not It's it, it may just be like a pinched nerve out of place or something. Or By the way, when I got up that early, I listened to some news podcasts. Here's an interesting story. Okay. And this probably didn't help my diagnosis. <laughs> there is a nudes woman in some city, I believe in Arizona, but don't quote me. Mm -hmm. And a listener wrote in because her neck looked a little bit strange. The anchor woman goes to the doctor and is diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Whoa. But it's early on. It's early on. So she's having the operation on Monday, and the doctors are, are hopeful about her prognosis. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So a listener... So a listener... I mean, sorry, some, a viewer of the program. You don't listen to TV. A, a viewer... I guess you listen to TV. Okay, a viewer of the program noticed that... Her the, neck looked a little bit strange. Oh, the news person's neck. Yes. Oh. So she wrote a letter to the newswoman. The newswoman... Went to the doctor and got diagnosed, and she's having it removed on Monday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I know people that have had their thyroid out. I, I know uh, a fairly good friend of mine here in Portland who had thyroid cancer before I knew him. Do I know him? Yes, you do. Oh, really? We're not going to say his name here. Oh, we'll have to talk about that later. We will. Wow. Did he go through a lot of other illnesses besides that? 
He's a relatively healthy guy, actually. Okay. Oh, wow. When, when I tell you the name, you won't be surprised, because I think you you heard him talk about it before, but you probably just don't remember it. I don't remember it, anyone talking about it. It shocked me when he told me about it. I d- wow. I don't remember anyone talking about it, but, I mean, I could have just missed it, and I was talking to somebody else or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Alana. Yes. Yesterday, Mm -hmm. I showed you my favorite episode, Mm two-parter, of Star Trek The Next Generation from Season 6, entitled Chain of Command. What are your thoughts? So, I really liked the episode, but it was also very disturbing. I'll tell you why it's very disturbing. Go ahead. Do you want to give some background on the episode? So, okay, so what I understand of this is that um uh who was the doctor the the lady doctor Beverly Crusher Beverly Crusher and um Captain Picard was supposed to be going on a mission with Worf with Worf but in that in uh there's a series of events that happened in between that um uh commander uh Jellico Captain Jellico Cal- Captain Jellico well he becomes the captain well, he, he's already captain of his own ship, but he's, he's transferred over to But the he's Enterprise. transferred over to um, the Enterprise. And a lot of them, a lot of the people on the ship are not getting along with him because he doesn't know how to command as far as, like, you know, this is what you have to do. And they, they don't know how to fall in line because they're so used to Captain Picard, and Captain Picard is an excellent captain. And, um, and so in the midst of that... Uh, uh, Picard is, uh, Jean-Luc Picard is kidnapped by, uh, a Cardassian because they're going to, they're, uh, was it, were they going to war with the Cardassians? What happened was they think that the Cardassians are violating a treaty and developing this biological weapon. So the three of them go to investigate and what we find out is it's just a trap to get Picard and then there are, at the same time, there are negotiations going on on the ship to avoid going to war with Cardassia. Right. But when uh, when they capture Captain Picard, um, I mean, just the tactics that this Cardassian used to torture him and saying, like, uh, tell me what lights you see. Clearly there's four lights. Yes. But he wants him to say five lights. And if he doesn't say the right number... Because they already implanted something in his his chest, right? Yep. His chest. That guy controls it with a pad, and so he can send um, electrodes through his body. And that was really disturbing. But I think the most disturbing part of it, besides the um, eating the, um, the, the egg with worms in it. Ugh. It looked like worms to me. I could be wrong. Uh, it's, a guy. it's gross. It sounds gross. Um, it was probably something else. I mean, they had to have given him something else that looks gross, but it's good. Oh, no, you can't, I don't think you can legally eat worms. You can't legally do that, right? No, I okay. don't think so. That's gross. They could be sued for that, couldn't they? I don't know if they could be sued <laughs> for that, but I think PETA has some laws or something. <laughs> well, there is a, a bad episode of TNG where they find all these people eating worms who are in the Federation, but we're not going to watch okay. that because it's horrible. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so... What was really what was really really disturbing about this was that um, the Cardassian uh, guy I don't know what his name was the one that tortured Picard um, brought his 
little girl to see what he, uh, to see Captain Picard in that state, and you pretty much get a sense about the the stuff that her father has been feeding her, like human fathers don't love their children as much as Cardassian fathers do, right? Parents in general. Parents, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Cardassian parents. Okay, and um, and Picard said something very very interesting. He said. If you teach a child to devalue others, then they will devalue no one. They will devalue everyone, pretty much. Something to that. Something to that effect. Like, you teach someone to hate, you know, you take a young person, you teach them to hate, they're going to hate everybody. And it's, it's, it's really uh, telling. It really is very uh, interesting. And um, that was probably the most disturbing part. Not just the pain, but... The disturbing part was that this little girl thinks it's you know this little girl probably thinks it's normal. To, to me, this. that is bad. But also, there's a scene where Picard is chained up naked. Yes, and he's forced to you know just be in that position for hours. Yeah, yeah. It's the, like and 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 he also said from now on I'm going to call you I'm just going to call you human right. Mm-hmm. So he's dehumanizing him. He's dehumanizing a human. Well. There's more to it. There's also, he purposely leaves a pad near Picard. Yeah. And Picard thinks that if he destroys his pad, the guy won't be able to flick pain. And the guy and he walks has more. In, and he has yeah, more. Yeah, he walks in as, as, as uh, Picard is destroying the pad. And he's like, oh, keep that. I got plenty of extras at work. He's like, don't even, don't even think about it. I have more. Yeah. You know, don't try to destroy it. I have more. And I'm well, like, no, oh. He didn't even stop him from, trying, from destroying it. No, he told him. Oh, he did try to stop. Yeah, I remember he said, "Don't even, you know, don't even think he can destroy it because I have more." Well, but he didn't you know, pull or, it from his hands. As no, he didn't. No, he didn't pull it from his hand. But he basically said, "There's no point in doing it." Okay. I have more pads. Was kind of what I just said, but you know, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. There's a point where he says, "Okay, you're free to go," and then he's he says to him, he says to Picard, uh, "I'll just torture the doctor." The doctor is not even aboard the ship, so he's safely right. on the Enterprise by this point. And he's like, "Well, what did you do with her?" Mm-hmm. I've personally felt the worst scene of torture was at the very end where he's talking to Picard and Picard is supposed to be let free, but the guy just won't let up. And he's like, how many lights are there? Tell me how many lights are there. If you tell me the right number of lights, you could live a great life. You could live in comfort or you can stay here. Mm -hmm. And then, and then just as he's about to, to think about what he's going to say, the guard, the, the other, um, his commanding officer comes in and says, what are you doing? He told me he told me he was supposed to be ready. The the uh, we're supposed to get him on the ship now, right? Right. So I I don't I don't know. I don't know about the commanding officer because I did did he did he appear in the beginning of the movie the the his that commanding a, yeah I don't believe he did. He just came at the he just came like right at the end to my best recollection. So I don't know what to think about this guy. Only that he was um, the torturer's commanding officer. And he commanded him to do that to Picard. So, but he was, you know, and then, and then at the end. That's my favorite scene at the end. At the end when he's like, the four lights, right? He never, he never lit up. Okay. I thought you meant the scene with Deanna, the counselor. Well, 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 yeah, you can get to that in it. And you can explain that one now after I just said that he, he never lit up even towards the end. He gets command of the Enterprise back, goes to his office counselor follows him and he starts talking about his experience and he says i was about ready to break i would have said there were five lights and he says but what's even more disturbing is i believe there were five lights Mm -hmm. that was incredible to me 
I would imagine that that happens in interrogation rooms when a person clearly didn't do something wrong. Mm -hmm. But they're interrogated so much that they would do anything to get out of it. And they would... uh, and And I've heard that's happened before to people that have not done anything wrong and they... They get it. They get it out of them. They they get out of them a confession that they did it, even though they know they didn't do it. Of course. But for the ones that actually did do it, I would imagine that there are ways to find out that they actually did it. I don't know, but it was an interesting episode. I would have liked it to have come up again in the series, right? Because you know how when Picard was abducted by the Borg. They don't talk about it in every episode, but you hear about it again. Mm-hmm. You know, it even comes up in the new Star Trek spinoff series, which was not that good. The, mm-hmm. the one starring Patrick Stewart. Oh, wh- which one? There's a new series on CBS called Picard. Oh, and it's about, Picard. Uh, okay. Patrick Stewart as an older man playing Picard. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. It's a interesting, and you saw it? Yeah, it's a good concept, but the show is not that good. Wow. It's not as exciting as TNG. No. Okay. No, not even close. Wow. Well, what and happened to every? Problem. Well, what happened to everybody else on the on the Enterprise? You don't know everybody's fate, but Data's dead. Wow. Data's dead. Yep, Counselor Troy, who you saw at the end, yep. Deanna Troy. Yep. She marries Will Riker. They have wow. a son who dies from some weird disease. Mm-hmm. I believe he is in temporary. Uh, I believe he's retired. Riker's retired, but he retired as, like, an admiral. Wow. They have a little daughter. They live on this obscure planet. Picard is not respected at all by the Federation. Anymore? No, they don't respect him at all. Wow, wow. They just look at him as a joke. Wow. Uh, which is, is, as a fan, incredible to me, and I think a very wrong move. It is a very wrong move. Mm-hmm. But then what, did they explain why they don't respect him? They do a, a piss poor job. Basically, they don't like that he stood up to the Romulans in, in an event, and I don't want to go too deep into it, uh, even though I'm giving away the rest of the series. <laughs> I don't believe they've mentioned any of the other characters so far, but they've only done one season. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not... You're not impressed? No. Okay. No. Stick with TNG, babe. All right. What did you think of Command- Captain Jellico? I... Um, <clears throat> I think in the beginning, I, I wasn't sure what to think about him because I thought, I thought he was a jerk. I didn't know, you know, I thought that he just was this big shot that wanted, um, that wanted, uh, Picard's, um, position. I didn't know what to think about him, honestly. I don't, I didn't know if I liked him or not. I didn't like him in the beginning for sure. I didn't, I just didn't think he knew how to be a command uh to be a captain that's so interesting to me because i i mean this is how i i I just saw it like literally the first time yesterday right but i look at the episode like i would have liked to see angelico come back a few more times Hmm. maybe not to take over the enterprise but to me he was well written i like that he had a different approach than picard he wasn't he was a bit of a tight ass but he wasn't a villain he's like a tyrant yeah yeah I don't like tyrants. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, that's what I was thinking. I just thought he was. A, I thought I just thought he was a total tyrant. He was like a drill sergeant, and uh, I don't. I don't like those kinds of people. And that's. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know what to think about him. Honestly, I just didn't know if I liked him. I know that um, he had that conversation with Riker, and he's like, "I don't like you." 
you don't know how to, you know, you're, you're not as good as, you're not as great a, a captain and you don't know how to get people to, together and, you know, you don't know how to, you don't know how to command and, you know, and so I was, I was on the side of Riker, but they had to, they had to figure out how to work together. That's so interesting to me. I think I'm in the minority. I was on the side of Jellico. Wow. Yeah. Have you talked to people that would, that felt differently than you did about Jellico? I think I'm the only one I know who feels that way. Wow. I felt that he had a different approach, and I felt that he definitely <clears throat> pushed the crew, but I felt that he had the best intentions, and at the end of the day, he was the commanding officer. Right. I think he did the right thing at the end. That's that's great, but then the way that he went about it, I I didn't like the way he went about it, even mm. though eventually they figured out why he was doing it. And they were, um, they, you know, he wasn't aware of what was going on to, uh, with Picard because they didn't know that he was tortured no, they didn't know. Or they didn't know? Wait, how did they know? Because they showed the Cardassian who came on board for the negotiations, he showed a clip of them talking to Picard. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. That I... I didn't know that. Okay. I must have missed that part. But, um... Yeah, so I, uh... I didn't like Jellicoe, but I... But I did like that he eventually did the right thing, and... I should probably and, rephrase this. Yes. It's not that I agreed with the way he treated the crew, but I understood it and I respected it. Okay. Do you explain why you think he treated the crew that way? I mean, besides a different approach. Well, you got to understand, as little as we know about Jellicoe, he has experience with the Cardassians, mm-hmm. right? He knows that they're ready to fight. Mm-hmm. And he, there's no room for pleasantries because you got to prepare for a possible war. And so you can't just afford to be nice to everybody on this new crew. you got to let them know that there's the name of the episode. There's a chain of command. And in this situation, he's the head of the chain. Right, right. I think that there are times, yes, you have to be firm and you have to be stern. You, you have to uh, know how to rally the troops, so to speak, if you're on a crew like that. And uh, y- you are right in that respect, um, that there are times where you have to do that. To know for them to know that you mean business. I do believe that most people would side with you. Yeah. But, but again, I mean, that was the first time I watched it. Maybe if I watched it a second time, it would be different. That's true. You know? Mm-hmm. It, that's, uh, you know, that was just my assumption or my, um, my observations going into it. Yes. If that makes any sense. Overall, though, you liked it, even though you I thought, did. thought it was disturbing. I did. I did like it. it. It really makes you think. Knowing myself, and having now watched a little bit of TNG, do you understand why it's my favorite episode? Uh, yes, I do. Even though, <laughs> again, it was it was disturbing. Because it feels more like a DS Nine episode in a lot of ways. Then you know what I mean. Yeah, because DS Nine is just. I mean, there's so many good episodes in that show. Oh my god, it's incredible. It's, I mean, and the cast is great, and they're funny, and there's depth to the characters, and there's, the characters are just so well-defined mm-hmm. and refined, um, you know, and, and you're right, I think it is like that. It was like that, actually. It really did. Um, and there are a lot of TNG episodes that we already watched together. Yes, and there's some other good TNG episodes, but a lot more good DS9 stuff to come. Yes. In 2015, to switch topics a little bit. Oh, okay. I knew this girl. This was before the days of Alana J. Lo. <laughs> yeah. And I asked her on a date. 
I saw her at an event speaking. We had had one conversation before. Very excited. We go out on a date, and this girl is completely out of her head. Oh, wait, I think I know who you're talking you, about. You know where I'm going with this? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. In fact, I believe... Uh, let me tell the story, babe. I believe that I know who you're talking about, but go on. Let me, let me, yes. let me vamp a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. Vamp a little bit. So, within ten minutes of arriving from the date, I knew that this lady was had some issues. Yeah. She texted me afterwards. I never got back to her, and I felt very grateful. Mm-hmm. A few years later, I met Ali... Ali Alona? I met Alona. Oh my goodness. I met Alana. Oh no, no. Thank you. I met Alana. (laughs) We started hanging out. And one day we're talking about, on the phone, we're talking about different people in the blind community. We believe we know the same person. Mm -hmm. The one who I went out on the date with was also a very good friend of Alana. We run into this girl... This last, happened to be last 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 uh, December. Yeah, last December. About a week ago, we're deciding what movies to watch this weekend, and you said we should do another animated night, okay? Yes. And I, and I said, <laughs> well, "What's a good animated movie to watch?" She said, "So and so, Willy White, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, okay?" And, and we, I've never, uh, we both have never seen it. Yes, it was uh, the the girl who I had gone out on the date with was a big fan of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I didn't find this out until uh, a mutual friend of ours uh, told me years ago that um, she she named um, her rabbits after two of the characters. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, and I heard about a lot about it. And This girl, by the way, is the same woman who thinks that Nirvana is a nice, upbeat band. <laughs> we, actually, I, I we actually don't know that. We don't know that. <laughs> If you think that Nirvana is an upbeat band, then there's something really wrong with you. Right. <laughs> yeah. What did we, tell me your thoughts on the movie. Okay, I, I did like it. I thought it was good, but it wasn't great. And I'll tell you why it wasn't great. Um, and I think you would agree with me. Is that you don't know a lot about what happens with Quasimodo. Quasimodo being the hunchback. And he was a hunchback since he was a baby. Um, he doesn't... Um, it, it doesn't seem like... You know, he's, he's, he's like... Takes a position of a friend that will help out... Help anyone that he is friends with, right? And he's a, he's a noble guy. He realizes that his master was lying to him the whole time, Right? But he still isn't, you know. You're you're rooting for this guy. You're rooting for this hero, but he doesn't get the he doesn't get what he wants. Assuming, uh, and then you get and then you have uh, the other two characters, uh, Esmeralda, Esmeralda, excuse me, and uh, Phoebus, who was a captain, correct? Yes. I believe his rank was a captain, voiced by Kevin Klein, and Demi Moore is like one of the few women of color in this movie. Well, actually, and she isn't really a woman of color in, in real life, which times. is really funny. Yeah, yes. I actually I didn't even know about that. Mm-hmm. But she's supposed to be a gypsy woman, and I guess gypsies are supposed to be darker. I guess, at least in uh, Paris, I don't know. Well, but, at least in, according to Disney. According to Disney, yeah. But uh, back then, it, it you know I guess I don't even I don't even remember it being um, told that she was she was dark she was black in the in the movie. Anywho, um, I really wish that there was a lot more to the story. 
I really wish that the story was had a lot more details in it. And there wasn't a lot of funny parts. There was some f- funny, maybe some funny things, but I just feel like the story behind um, Esmeralda, Quasimodo, and Phoebus, the stories behind those three characters, those three main characters, I think it would have been better. It would have been more interesting if the characters were all defined and that Quasi got the girl and he didn't. Anyway, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. We're saving you the trouble. We're saving you the trouble. But, but you I, really think us. But we both gave it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, so I want to give my thoughts, which are very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. My biggest complaint was there should have been more development of the characters. And also, I have not read The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I haven't either. But I saw every beat of this movie coming. And in fact, halfway through the movie, when you said, oh, they're both interested in the girl, I wonder who's going to get it. I said, there's no way Quasimodo gets the girl. And I didn't understand what, what, why you came to that conclusion. Why did you come to that conclusion? Having not read the book, I don't know if it deviates from, from the original story or not. So I'm sure people are pulling their hair out at this. But <laughs> typically if, in movies, when you have a character who, uh, with a disability, when they're always played by a, a non-disabled actor. Right. There are two rules of, of cinema when you have a character with a disability. Don't let them be played by a disabled actor. And don't let them end up with an able-bodied girl at the end. And I think that should change. I really do. Right, but as of right now, it's, it's pretty much it, the rule. It, they haven't changed it yet. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I thought, hmm, you might be, uh, be on to something. And I think things should change. And it's already 2020. And I think, uh, you know, after 24 years, <laughs> because that movie came out in 96, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I would Im- I would think that it would change somewhat in the you know having uh, people with disabilities um, in in movies. Well, there is there has been like some blind and deaf actors and actresses, I believe. Very few and far very between. few and far between. Though. And they rarely get the role. So let's address the second rule first. The only time I can in the exceptions, the only time I can think of a disabled. Uh, character getting the girl in a movie is a film Pumpkin, which you have not seen. No, but I but I've been hearing about it a lot from you, and it sounds like a really good movie. It's a great film. In that particular case, however, the character is played by an able-bodied actor. Mm-hmm. They typically don't like uh, casting disabled actors in disabled roles, mm-hmm, with which, very few exceptions. Yeah, with very few exceptions, right? And Pumpkin is also a low-budget film too. Like you, mm-hmm. I don't think you would ever see. A mainstream Hollywood film with a disabled person playing the, the main role of a disabled character who ends up with an able-bodied girl at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that movie, uh, My Blind Brother. Is it called that? It is. Okay. And, of course, there's a, a blind brother who starts dating this girl, and his sighted brother ends up with a girl at the end of the movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Was that an independent film? I, I believe it was because I didn't hear about it when it was in the theater. I had a friend tell me about it uh, afterwards. Really? And, and now, so, okay. In, in fairness, the sighted brother had, had hooked up with the girl before the blind brother met her. Okay. But they were in a relationship. You know, it, it goes, it's like the movie, um, uh, The Fundamentals of Caring, I believe right. it's called. Uh-huh. Disabled character is attracted to a girl. 
played by and the disabled character is played by an able-bodied actor, and the disabled character does not get the girl at the end. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if that's really the reason why, because it, the... Oh, I, I think it's absolutely the... I don't think... Do you that, think that there's a, there's a bigger reason behind it? No, I think that's absolutely the reason why uh, they do it. Now, I don't think it's a, subcon- I, uh, um, a conscious thing. I don't think a writer sets down to write a film about a person with a disability. Would not, yeah, would, would, would like, purposely do Yeah, that. and they're like, no, he can't get the girl. Right, right. We it can't just have that happen. It just happens that they write the story that way. Yes, and it always... And those are the films that get produced. Wow. I'd, I'd love to hear an example where it doesn't go that way. Well, I, I, so I've seen a couple of sitcoms with, uh, of course, uh, able-bodied women playing blind women, mm-hmm. but they end up with a guy. Tell me. Um, okay, so let me think. Uh, there, is, there was a, a, a teen uh, sitcom I used to watch when I was a, a teenager called USA High. And it was about um, these kids that would uh, travel from all different countries to go to this uh, this um, uh, this place in uh, this boarding school in Paris. I think it was. I think it was in Paris. And the headmaster is British, and you know, there's a lot of American students, and there's a lot of like people from Germany and things of that sort. Well, um, there's a guy named Jackson who sees this girl, and this is like in 1998 or so, like close to 2000, and there's this um, this girl named uh, Catherine, and she's listening to some, some earphones, you know, when we, when we had, you know, cassette tapes. <laughs> Actually, cassette tapes, I heard, are, I, I heard cassette tapes are making a comeback, but I don't know. They're supposedly, well, you might have heard that from me, because... A couple weeks ago, I went down the rabbit hole of using cassette tapes as storage devices. Right. But we don't have to go into that now because that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. And I did enjoy cassette tapes when I used them more. Yes. But anyway. Back um, to the story, though. Back to the story. So um, she sees, he sees this girl, Catherine, and, uh, you know, he, and, you know, she is listening to, like, a tape, a book on tape or something, and she's like, oh, hi, my name is Catherine, and he realizes that she's blind, and he doesn't know how to, um, he doesn't know how to, uh, be around her, and, um, it, it was kind of, I mean, it was like a two-part episode. And they end up together at the end? So they end up together in the first episode. In the second episode, she finds out that she, um, uh, that she has got it, gotten accepted to um, the Chicago School for the Blind. Yeah, and you, you just proved my point, babe. What? They didn't end up together at the end. Well, I mean, they ended up... T- okay, so they, they... Maybe I should rephrase it. They did end up together for a time, and then she had to leave. No, but what I'm saying is Hollywood will never... I think, I'm using never as, as an effect, right? Because I'm sure next thing we know, there's going to be uh, something that contradicts this, but... I, I'm using so that word is for dramatic effect. But they were only the, what I'm saying okay. is that they were together, but they were only together for a right. season. They weren't together for a season; they were together for an episode. You just said that. What? Uh, okay. In 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 the show world, it let, was first. Let me pontificate for a second. I already know what you're going to say. Right, but it bears repeating because I I don't I don't think it it has. Fully, and maybe that wasn't the best example, it was but really not. But I'm trying here. <laughs> right, but it's so hard to prove my point. That your best example isn't that good. You see what well, I'm saying? Well, I mean, oh, wait, no, but what, okay, let me, let me just say this. Maybe just, maybe I should clarify this. 
she may not have been together with him forever because in the sitcom world, it's very different. She was with him for a time. Um, we didn't, I mean, I obviously, um, I saw, I saw that episode a couple of times when I was a teenager. Um, she was, she, she was with him for a time and then she had to leave. But what I'm saying is that she ended up with him. Yes, she didn't. She ended up leaving. Ugh, you're not listening. I am listening. She got with him for an episode and then she left. Because Hollywood would never allow a mainstream comedy, whether it be film or television, or a mainstream drama, same thing, film or television, happen if a disabled character ends up with an able-bodied partner at the end of the, of the program. It just won't happen. In or it hasn't Hollywood. happened. Yeah. I really think they should change it. I think they should too, but they're not going to. Mm. And again, the, the exception of the rule I could think of you, was you know, you, you don't You don't know that, you see. They I may change I was, it. I also said that I was pontificating. and Pontificating. Know, I, mean, I mean, you know, I'm having a little bit of fun with it, but it, it is generally true that, they, that Hollywood would not allow that. Huh. And then there was an awkward silence. <laughs> um, I think I forgot what sitcom it was. Okay, so this one is a better example. Go ahead. But um, uh, I think you only saw I think you only saw her for one exa- for one episode. Oh, of course you did. Go ahead. Mm. Go ahead. I'm trying to listen, babe. Mm. Tell me. Do you want me to just tell you later? No, no. Tell me now because uh-huh. this is interesting. Um. Uh, I forgot if it was like Saved by the Bell or if it was um, the Is new that class. that mime episode? What mime episode? Where he takes this blind chick to go see a mime. What? Because I think I might have seen this episode. One of the characters is online dating and he gets his print out of the scroll on the campus. I think it was like the college years of Saved by the Bell. This around 95? Uh, it was either the college years or I think it was Saved by the Bell, the new class. Okay. And he meets the girl, and he takes her out to see a mime. Uh, it's possible that may have been it. That that says that's a really really stupid idea for a date with a blind girl. Don't <laughs> take her but to he see didn't a mime. Because she was blind because she was so hot. Yeah. And then you never see her again. Um, I don't remember, but I remember it was an episode where um he had like some misconceptions about blind people, and yes. I think they were um. I think they may have gone on a couple of dates, and at the end of the show, um, she's like, "Now, now, where is that rose that you wanted to give me?" And um, it it was it was implied that they ended up together at the end of the episode, but I'm I'm not sure which one it was. Do you ever see the male character again? Uh, I think I did. Now that now, now was the, he dating the, her when you saw him again? I don't remember because it's been so long. Of course you don't because he wasn't. I love you, babe. Let's, let's keep it real. Oh, my goodness. You're impossible. I imagine it's frustrating to date somebody like... Don't, please don't take a wing. <laughs> it's got it's to be hard. Hold on. Look, talk. You're not always right all the time. No, but it's got to be hard dating somebody who's so correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's focus on this, babe. And not focus on, 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 on how... No. Okay. Set your license because you're dating somebody as intelligent as me. Whatevs. Okay. Okay. So basically, um, what we're saying is that should change in cinema and also it's not in the change. sitcom wor- world. You don't know that. Okay. 
It's your cynicism talking. Okay, yeah, it should change, though. It really should. Um, it should. It really should. We watched another movie last night. So, coincidentally... Yes. We watched two animated films that both had voice actors who appeared in the films A Fish Called Wanda and Fierce Creatures together. Ah. We watched Shrek 2. Yes, we with did. With John Cleese. And Julie Andrews. Right. But John Cleese and Kevin Kline. Kevin Kline, who was in... Oh, I didn't realize that he was in uh, Fierce, Fierce Creatures, right? Was it was it A Fish Called Wanda or Fierce Creatures? They were both in A uh, Fish Called Wanda. And then A, a Fierce Creatures wasn't really a sequel, but it was kind of like spiritual continuation because it had most of the, the cast members from A Fish Called Wanda. Okay. Yeah. And uh, both of which I have not seen. Um... Fierce Creatures is not bad. Yeah. Uh, but a, fierce, a Fist Called Wanda is a classic. Ah. Uh. But let's get to Shrek 2. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, and I knew that I was going to really like it again, because I remember when I saw it the first time, it, I thought it was really funny. And it was just as funny as the first one. Uh, so what did you think? So there is a character that, uh, a new character that comes to light in uh, Shrek 2, and her name is Sweet Pea. Uh, who is the fairy godmother of Fiona, who's a princess. I like Sweet Pea. <laughs> she, is, she is a very different fairy godmother. I loved when they go to that drive-thru. Yes. That was great. Yeah, can they have uh, two whatever rats it was, no mayo? <laughs> and you see her like stuffing the thing in her mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought she was great. Yes. She was a very, very naughty fairy godmother because she was trying to um, set Fiona up with her son Charming, Prince Charming, to be exact. It's and a very enjoyable film. It was funny. It was very funny. And there were some funny things at the end. I wouldn't say that it's better than the first one, but it's probably equal. I think it's equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first one was really good. I, I think the second one is good. I don't remember seeing Shrek 3, though. I believe there's a Shrek 3. The film uh, led me to coming up with a great baby name for a girl. What would that be? Rathead. <sighs> Rathead Jones, to be exact. Yeah, like the uh, that would be like uh, the ghetto girl down the street, right? Well, it could be anybody. The ghetto girl down the street. You don't think you could have a model named Rathead Jones? Oh, no. And rats are like the most one of the most disgusting rodents ever. Ever. Apparently, uh, you're you're bad with some things, and I'm bad with coming up with names. I'm so bad you, with some things. Well, and I'm bad with other things, including coming up with names, because you don't like the name Rathead, Rathead Jones. No, it's horrible. Oh. <laughs> well. Although I could be a comedy, though. I think it would be weird, though. Mm. She wouldn't. She would have to. I mean, do you think it'd be funny if she looked? Like, I don't know, like like a really good-looking model-type yes. girl. I think it's funny if both of her parents are, like, stoners, <laughs> and they're, like, sort of the hospital once she's born, and they're just like, let's name her Rathead Jones. And then, like, 20 years later, she's a supermodel who's, like, super conservative and doesn't talk to her parents. But through an odd series of events, she comes home, there's a family reunion, and she has this tearful reunion with them. A heart-warming uh, family yes. movie. I don't know. Rathead? Rathead Jones. Jeez. It could work. Well, what would she look like, though? 
Explain how she this girl would look like. Blonde hair, blue eyes, 5'10", 125 pounds. That's really skinny. She's a model, babe. For a 5'10 person. She's a model, babe. 127 pounds. Like a supermodel? Yes, she's like a supermodel. 127 pounds, 5'10". And um, she just goes around uh, doing stuff. And when you see when you first see her, she's uh, campaigning for John, Donald Trump because no, she's like on the opposite ways because her parents are hippie stoners. She's super conservative, and then she gets the phone call that her grandmother died, and so they're having a funeral. I'm putting this together as we're talking. Mm-hmm. So she goes back for the funeral. We see her relationship with her cousins, and then we see her dad walk in the room. And at first they don't want to talk. Her mom comes in. She's upset with both of them. You know where I've had some issues growing up. With a name like that, who wouldn't? (laughs) But near the end of the movie, her uncle, who is a little bit older and played by John Cleese, gives a speech about how he misses his mom and how her dying wish was that her granddaughter would reignite a relationship with her parents. And... The speech is going on with, you know, some sad, sappy music playing in the background. Now, does she... Now, now, now as she's growing up, does she change her name uh, when she gets into the model world? I want to say no. Why? Well, the only explanation I could come up with at, at this moment is she started modeling when she was 14. Mm-hmm. She's only 20 now. And when she was 14, she needed her parents' permission they wouldn't let her model under any other name besides Rathead Jones. And now, now that she's a, an, a legal adult, she's, she's already been established as Rathead Jones, so she has to keep the name. Oh, it's just horrible. What do you think of my... Uh, I don't know if I like that idea. Okay. Rathead? Yeah. I mean, give her some dignity. <laughs> I mean, you're taking... You're pretty much taking, like, one of the most disgusting rodents you can think of yes and giving her the name of that rodent well that's what i would do if i was writing a, a comedy a family film like now that. if the, okay so here's now i've never seen this movie and i don't want to see it because i heard it's pretty heavy Go ahead. it's called precious i don't want to see it either it seems very heavy but precious is being treated like a horrible person mm-hmm. like She's not precious, right? It's kind of like a um it's it's a total opposite. She her name is her name is Clarice Precious Jones, right? Yes. But they call her precious. But she's not treated like she's precious. And Rathead is like a step below precious. I think one thing we could do, babe, is mm. we could have flashbacks to her earlier childhood. And in each of the flashbacks, her parents are, are like, you know, smoking weed and, and playing pranks on her. I don't know. It it might be it might be a good concept, but I think it needs to be developed here. Okay, they're not all winners, and I'm just coming out of this with at the top of my head too. So keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah, we're, we're we're we we have been talking about ideas of scripts to write together. Yes, because we have realized that we have some creative ideas, and we um, so far have been uh, kind of a uh, creative writing team, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I myself, in past relationships, have never done that with anybody. I've never written anything with anyone. I've never um, come up with <laughs> ideas for scripts. I've never done a podcast. So this is like a totally different uh, 
totally different territory for me within the last two years. Almost two years now. Very good. Yeah. Should, and I think it's really good. Should we go over the conversation we had before we started recording today about creativity? Sure, yeah. You want to start? Um, why don't you start and then I can, uh, and then you can kind of like, uh, you know, start me off, I guess. Alana had just exited the sour. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that, please. With clothes on. She was very wet. So are the clothes. Oh my goodness. Do we have to talk about that? Sorry, no, 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 no. In case your, your father is listening. I don't think he would be listening to me because I wouldn't tell him about this. Okay. <laughs> Just, yeah. That makes me feel great. Well, 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 I have to explain something here. that There are some private things in our episodes that my father doesn't need to know about. Okay. And my family is <laughs> know In case about. he discovers this podcast somehow. Yeah. Uh, Alana may have been naked in the shower, but she put clothes on before leaving the bathroom. So she leaves the bathroom, and she says to me, so you uh, have some issues with OCD, right? And I said, yeah. And she, she's like, well, wh what's a way that that's affected you? I tell her that when I was younger, there were periods of my life to where I would be writing a poem, and I would sometimes spend hours debating what word I should use next. And it would really get inside my head. She says, well, that's not healthy. Do you do that now? And I basically told her that I've changed a little bit. I'm not perfect with it. But the way I look at creativity, whether it comes out through poetry, a script, a podcast, or what have you, is that my goal now isn't for perfection. My goal now is for something that I can live with that's really good. Because if I go for perfection, I'm never going to release my art because it just won't live up to my standards. And if I change my goal to being, let's release something that's really good, that I can still be proud of, chances are that the people who had experienced the art won't know uh, how it fails in comparison to what it could have been had I spent the next 20 years work, working on it. Yes. Is that a good summation of what, what, what I said? Right. And uh, when I um, was thinking about that, I was thinking about the um, previous, uh, one of the previous podcasts that we did about how I was struggling with performing and not performing and <clears throat> the degree that I was working for, the degree, the specific degree that I was working for towards. Because you went to school to be a flutist. I went, yes, I, I was initially wanting to get a performance degree and that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't just so you could spend extra time at band camp. No. Keep going. Band camp has nothing to do with it. But what I realized in, at the end of that, and, and I went through like an emotional week uh, before graduation. I, can't, I couldn't tell you when it was, but realizing that I was working towards a degree that, you know, even sighted people have been like, this is too much. And I know this because I had a friend in college who was wanting to get a... Um, a vocal music degree, a vocal performance degree, and she realized, I can't, I, this is too much. You know, this is a lot of work. And I should have taken a clue from her um, that, that I, doesn't, I don't have to be, I don't have to get a specific degree to, um, to be happy with my, my performance journey. But you do still have two music degrees. Sort of. I have a degree in general music, but I have a professional music certificate, which is kind of like a degree, but I, I guess it's, 
you can you can use it for other things. You can use it for um, editing in a recording studio, which I haven't done before. I could even use it for teaching private lessons if I wanted to. And you have done a little bit of that. A little bit. Very little. Here and there. Um, but anyway, uh, that's besides my point. Um, <clears throat> and, I, and I was thinking about the deeper you know, what I really think about perfection, because I've met people that are way, you know, my, my former flute teacher was a perfectionist. If she's listening, that's what I really think. <laughs> she was a perfectionist. If she's listening, imagine the middle finger going up right now. No, 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 not, not that. No, I'm not that. No, Mm-mm. not that. But, but I really thought she was. And I didn't think it was healthy. And I still don't think it's healthy. But I realize thinking about, uh, uh, I guess thinking about uh, spiritually for my own self is that I realize that I really don't have to be perfect because I wasn't designed to be perfect anyway. And I could strive to be that way, but it it really isn't healthy. I can do things to um, <clears throat> strengthen my abilities to, to, uh, to really um, hone my craft, but I know I'm not going to be. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm. I can only be the best. The best version of myself, that I can be, even though, I can never be perfect in this life. And it's it's not healthy to think that way. Here's where I think our beliefs on creativity diverge a little bit. Hmm. I believe that to be a great artist, you have to have a touch of madness. Yeah, in some ways. And you have to have a little bit of that, I need to be perfect to do this. Now, that doesn't mean that it needs to last forever. And I think if it does last a long time, it's very detrimental to your health. Mm -hmm. Because you lose a ton of sleep pursuing art. Yeah. But I do think that, at least at the beginning, you need need some of that in your system. Well, I, I found out very, very quickly as I was going through my music program uh, in Seattle that I felt like I had to work twice as hard because as I mentioned in another podcast, I was the literally the only blind student in the program. So I felt like I had to really, really show my stuff. Uh, And I had to do whatever I could to do that. And it was tough. It really was. I don't know that my sighted, my sighted um, peers and friends knew what I was going through because it was hard to explain. And uh, luckily I had professors that were very compassionate and they knew, you know, that I was, you know, that I, I had some struggles, but they were still very proud of me. And they, they just, yeah. you know. We should also say that when you were going through school, you were also going through cancer at the same time. Yes, I was. And they were very, very supportive and very, um, you know, one of my professors sent me a really nice Christmas card and, you know, wishing that, that, you know, telling me that we, we really want you to come back. And I thought that was, that really said a lot about the program. And I just was so, I just felt so, so blessed to be in that program because, um, I don't know that a lot of professors would do that. And she did. And I thought that was, it said a lot to me. It meant a lot to me and that the, um, the people in the program were really, really thinking about me. And, um, you know, and it was a, it was a tight knit community in that program. It felt like, and uh, they really, really cared about their students. 
and they really wanted their students to, to do well. And I just felt like um, I really felt at home when I came back to see them because I was really, really missing my teachers and my friends, and I really wanted to get back to business. And um, that really helped me along with uh, my recovering. But, um, but you know, it was, it, was, it was tough. It really was. And they understood it. And that really helped me to really think about, well, what is, what is perfection and, you know, what do I really, how do I really feel about performing? And I didn't, I almost, I almost burnt myself out towards the end of, uh, my, um, my time there. Yeah. But I realized that, yeah, it's not healthy. And I was just going, going, going and realizing, well, you know, I can only strive to have perfection and to be perfect, but I'm, I'm not in this life. I'm not going to be that. So I have to just be the best and do the best that I can and, and, and try to, um, be happy with what I, what I've done and to improve myself along the way. That's all I can really do. I think all great artists come close to bringing burning themselves out at some point. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, um, when this is all over and when we can start to start, start to really get back to normal. You mean when the pandemic is over? Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I really do want to have more opportunities to perform, uh, whether it's uh, an open mic or something else, you know, playing for an event like, uh, I don't know, holiday parties. I told you that you should get into writing your own songs because while you have expressed to me that that's really not feasible. I, I just, uh, I just don't feel like I'm uh, to me anyway. I don't feel like, uh, really a desire to write anything. Okay. But that's just me. I mean, right now I don't feel like that. I don't know. What do you want to do creatively while the pandemic is still going on? Because presumably it may last another year. Um, well, I think, so I don't know, um, musically, I mean, I'd like to explore other pieces. I, I also thought about, um, uh, when I'm, when we're done with this, I have thought about taking more lessons. Um, the, the, the writing thing is really giving me ideas. I mean, I like that. I, I also like writing too when I, when and I'm not like as passionate about writing as I am with playing music Mm -hmm. but writing is um is really good uh a good another good way to get out my creativity so you know what i mean i completely hear you on that one i'm a big advocate of writing and um even though right now i'm not i haven't played anything i mean the last thing i really did was um uh uh on the on fourth of july weekend but um but that's a different that's a different part of my life. Um, but writing uh, writing is good though. We we really should get back to that actually. Yeah, we have to start working on the book again. Yeah. So even if I'm not, I haven't been playing music a lot uh, myself. Uh, writing is really getting that stuff out. Have you thought about doing anything like maybe having your own podcast or, you know, not really any other things in the. Career. I mean. I, I like what we're doing with this podcast, but I don't I haven't had any ideas for an individual podcast. Have you had any ideas for that? For you or for myself? No, for you for you. I thought about it. I really like one on one conversations. 
So I, if I were to do something, it, I, I want to do like what Joe Rogan does, where he has different people on each episode mm-hmm. and just sort of talks to them about life. I mean, you know that there's somebody who uh, I'm a good friend, uh, who's a good friend of mine, who you also kind of know. And we started to do a podcast, but he that's right. Mm-hmm. He kind of like didn't want to do it. Um, yeah, unfortunately. And I hosted a couple other things. Mm-hmm. One was going fairly well, but the company went out of business, and the other one, the co-host sort of flipped for no reason. She she kind of like uh, disappeared. Right. Yeah. I think what I'm guilty of is I kind of rely on people on the podcast thing as like a, a, a crutch mm-hmm. instead of just doing it by myself. Right. But I would love to do an, an, an interview style one. Yeah. Well, well, this is kind of like an interview style one if you think about it, right? Yeah, but it's more like the two of us yeah. interviewing each other. And that's great, but you don't get as many different perspectives that way. Right. Yeah, I've never, well, I mean, I'm just now getting into podcasts, so I've never really thought about doing an individual podcast myself. Yeah, I mean, I was just bringing that up as an example of something you could do creatively while the pandemic is going on. Right, but I think I think writing is um, is something that has, uh, uh, something that I'm getting excited about again. Mm. You know, um, so kind of... Uh, taking a break from playing music and playing once in a while and uh, kind of getting ideas out in writing. Uh, it's really helping a lot. And, uh, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm still thinking about uh, joining that flute choir. It is far away, but... we got to see if they last, though. I'd like to, though, because, I mean, I was in flute choir in college and I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. There was even some guys in there too. A few guys. Uh, none of them I would date though, but they were too young for me. Um, <laughs> there was just like maybe three guys that were there. You do um, like the younger guys though. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, okay, nuts. Nuts. Right yeah, but you're not that young, girl. Okay. You're not that much younger than I am. Moving on, J Lo. I'm not talking about like the the guys that are like. Six to 12 years younger, okay? That's too young for me, mm. right? I think one to two and a half years at the most. Okay. Does that make sense? That kind of makes sense to me. All right, does that make you feel better? Yes. Better. Better. Yes. Right. But so. you would never want to get a piano or just an electronic keyboard and start writing music that way. I just haven't had a desire to do that. Okay. I mean, I would like to... I mean, so... I know someone, I don't need to mention her name, who works at a particular agency, right, that I'm, uh, I am You're associated with. making plans to uh, become a part of, okay? Let's just say that. Okay. And she knows about, um, uh, she knows about music and also uh, music software for the blind. And... I have never really thought about arrangements or uh, writing my own stuff, but maybe she might be a source that I can talk to once this is done. I thought about that. But I don't know. I've, I've never, I mean, even in, in college, I could have taken a, com- a composition class, but at the time I didn't have the sources for that, the resources for it. Um, and I, I wasn't happy with my music software at the time that I was trying to use 
because it just seemed really complicated. But she 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 did tell me that that same software has improved tremendously within the last decade. So I could be completely um, wrong about that, and maybe it has gotten better. But um, the one software that I wanted to use, who that was recommended by a friend of mine, is no longer um, compatible with my with with the same with my screen reader. So. But you also use fairly outdated technology. Mm, we're not going to get into that. Okay. We are not going to get into that. Sensitive topic. Well, I just don't think it's uh, I just don't think it's relevant right now. To mention. Okay. Um, I was a fan of Windows 95. That is a long... I mean, I think I went as far as 98 and XP. Oh, okay. I thought you were still on Windows 95. No, I'm not. No. Moving on, J-Lo. No, but I'm, 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 I'm ready to, uh, to uh, upgrade to Windows 10 and be a part of the program. Very good. Not Windows 95. That's really outdated. Well, that's okay, though. I knew someone... I talked to someone whose JAWS was really outdated. So have I. I think it was like 7 or 9 or something. It was really, really old. I'm like, wow, really? Mm. That's really old. Do you feel like we've covered creativity uh, in a good way here? Yes. Good. Yes. Do you have anything more to add to the creativity subject? Well, there's a few things I would recommend to you, and I've told you this in private. I think if you did morning pages, which is an exercise that uh, I know you're tired of hearing me talk about this, but it's something that Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way, really strongly recommends doing, where you wake up and you write three pages a day as soon as you get out of bed. Hmm. Every single day. I think if you did that, combined with a little bit of meditation, you might see some interesting results. It just sounds so new agey. It does, but it works. Well, I was thinking about doing that too, but in a different way. Mm. I have to journal. I told you about my way of journaling a long time ago, and yes. I don't need it to go into details, but I need to do that too because um, I haven't been reading in the morning like I should be since I moved, and I need to get back into it. And I and I, a lot of that, there's a lot of um, things in my reading that can be inspiration for uh, for music. Like, uh, for example, the Psalms. It's, uh, it has been put to music before. I love the Psalms. What are they again? Uh, wait a minute. You never met... Have you read the book of Psalms? I'm, I'm joking, babe. Are you? Yes. Okay. I do love you, though. Uh-huh. Well, let me, let me give you an example of a song, psalm that I really like. You like the Bible. Go ahead. Oh, stop. Go ahead, go ahead. Ah, don't tickle me, dude. <laughs> Pot shots again. So, the Psalms are, are initially a book of poetry. Um, there are Psalms of praise. There are Psalms of lamentations. Uh, when, when, um, up, when David is crying out to God. And um, one of my favorite Psalms is the last song in the, the last Psalm in the book, and it's a psalm, Psalm 150, and that tells has been called the music psalm, and um, it really, uh, it really speaks to me. I really love that psalm. It's one of my favorite ones. I recommend that you read it. Maybe I will, Chayla. I could even read it to you. Uh oh. Yeah. Just as long as your buddy who recommended as uh, a hunchback 
is not a fan as well. What? Just as long as, as you know, she doesn't recommend it, I'll, I'll check it out. I don't even know if she's read... I don't even know if she's read the whole book. Oh, good. And, well, we don't need to go into that no, one. No, 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 no. But no, no, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful book. It's uh, beautiful poetry. And, um, you know, there's so many psalms I like. Uh, psalm 34, Psalm 23, which has been quoted a lot by people and, and, and actually put to song. Um, there's a lot. It's, a, it's one of my favorite books. Very cool. And I need to get back into it, and I, I really need to start uh, journaling again because I, I believe that I've grown in the last uh, uh, in the last ten years or twelve years. You've been journaling that long. It uh, well, I have to. I, I actually do not remember the last time I journaled. It's, okay. that, it's been that long. It really has. I'm a big fan of journaling. And I need to do it. Yes. I really do. I need to wake up like early enough to do it. Because if I wake up earlier than when I usually wake up to have breakfast and do all the things I need to do, that really does get me um, get me situated for the day. And I, it's hard to explain, but it really does. Yeah. It really does. And if I spend like at least 30 minutes to an hour doing that, it really keeps my mind in focus. Yeah. It's, different way of, it's a different way of meditation, but I think it's effective for me. Very good, babes. Yeah. I think we've covered a lot today. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Oh, we made some really good pizza yesterday. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Oh, it was so good. It was really good. I especially loved your garlic sauce. Thank you. And I did help. I did help with the garlic sauce. I did a lot of chopping. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't uh, too much of a chopping thing, but it was really easy to do that. And um. And with the cheeses, the, we didn't have uh, blue cheese crumbles, but we had gorgonzola crumbles, and it really, really tasted really good with the cheese. What did you think about how it turned out? I thought it was great. It I was really so good. enjoyed the pizza. And I and I and I said this to you yesterday that you, your crust was like the best, one of the best crusts I've had that that you've done. Thank you yeah. so much, babe. Yeah, I actually think good. we may have been able to cook it for a minute or two longer yeah. uh, because I've been doing a lot more experimenting with cooking pizza at high heat. Yes. And I didn't want to go to past 420 on your uh, oven mm -hmm. because what I've been doing at home is I'll cook at 515, but I'll use a pizza stone. Yes, and you can do that with a pizza stone, right? Right. Okay. And it's not that... I don't, I don't want to get into it here, but... With the pizza stone, you actually put it in as you're preheating the oven, and right. then you just use the peel to slide it off. And since we didn't have that uh, option, I didn't want to go all crazy with your oven. Right, So right. my my takeaway from that is it's better to cook at high heat, but you can still get good results. Yeah, and tonight we're going to do an experiment with noodles. We are. We're and make Asian noodles. Yeah, and um, got... You know, got all the stuff for it, and the <clears throat> I was able to get a pretty good sized colander, and oh my goodness, I almost didn't get one, and I was gonna say, can you bring yours over? And I'm like, I would have nah. been so upset because I told you to get a colander, and you saw one, and you're like, I'm not gonna get that, and then the next day you paid double the price, more than double the price, and you ended up getting one. Well, what happened is, is the lady refunded the colander that I was supposed to get. The one on Instacart. Yes, and then she called me and she goes, well, there's a, there's a couple of things that I want to make sure that you want before I get it. And then I said, 
and she goes, well, we, we don't have the, um, the pop-out colander. And I said, do you see another one? And she said, oh, yeah, I see a colander. And I said, oh, oh, and um, it was under $20. And she's like, yeah, I see a colander. It's like like 19 something. And I said, okay, I'll get it. And she said it was a four-quart colander. And I'm like, that's perfect. So I got it, and I'm happy that I didn't have to pay extra for it. So Very nice. Yeah, so that was a good substitution. And, and sometimes they don't call me, but I was glad she she checked in. Right. Anything else you want to discuss, Elena? <laughs> um, no, this was a really good um, discussion we, we had. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about time to start making out. And then or, maybe watch some DS9. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So anyway, um, that is it. That is it. Oh, I did have a dream last night. Tell the dream. I'll make it real quick. Uh, tell the two dreams. Oh, yeah. So this is the first one you're going to love. <laughs> I woke up with the pain. I finally fall back asleep, and I had this dream that there's this like white space, and God says to me, "Do you want me to take you now?" And I say yes, <laughs> and I'm still here. <laughs> so apparently, it was either just a dream, or it was more like, "Do you want me to take you now?" Yes, ah, whatever. <laughs> the second dream I had is. Alana and I kept moving. We were on the go for whatever reason. And we're watching TV on somebody's bed. I didn't say this to her, but I thought to myself. Really? Mm-hmm. Whose bed was that? I don't know. Oh. Because we were on the on the move. It always seems to be that you you and I are staying somewhere in the dream, which is really weird. Keep in mind a lot of these dreams you're you're a cameo appearance. Okay. You know, I can't I can't afford to get you for the whole dream. <laughs> yeah. But in this dream, <clears throat> We're watching something on TV, and I thought to myself, without telling you this, I'm sorry that I had to keep this from you, <laughs> but I thought, it's been a while since I took a shower in my own bathroom. <laughs> and then I woke up. You actually told me that in private. Nice. Very good. It was very weird. Very weird. That's a strange dream. Yes. And I think on that note, we should uh, call it good. We should call it good, yes. All right, babes. I love you. I love you, too. All right, Gilo. And, uh... Everybody, have a wonderful Saturday. Have a wonderful Saturday. And, uh, yeah. Yes. Bye-bye for now. Until next time. Until next time.